Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 125 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Roxy. Roxy lives in McAllen, Texas, where she is a speech-language pathologist And a lot of you that are in the Facebook communities already know Roxy because she is one of the moderators and leads several fabulous posts each week that I know we will start talking about in a few minutes. But welcome, Roxy. Hi, thank you for having me, Jen. Super nice to be here. I have been really looking forward to it because, you know, I feel like I know you. We chat all the time, the moderators and I. We have all these chats going and we talk about the groups. We talk about personal things and we just really get to know each other. But I've never spoken to you voice to voice and face to face like today. We're on. We're obviously I'm in Georgia. She's in Texas, but we can see each other. Yes, it's fun. 
it really is. It's good to hear your voice and uh, to see your smiling face. It's nice to see you too. I'm super excited about being on the podcast. I listen to them every week. And when they were twice a week, listen to them twice a week, never miss them, love them. So I'm really excited to be here. Well, I'm really glad to have you. So you know how I start. I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting? And when was that? And of course, I want to hear your whole journey along the way as well. Okay. Well, a very good friend of mine who I work with told me that her husband was doing something called one meal a day, an OMAD, and that he had gotten up the idea by reading a book called Delay, Don't Deny by Jen Stevens. She knew I read a lot and I had lots of diet books. I was always, you know, trying the next best thing. And she wanted to see if I had heard about it. And I had never heard of intermittent fasting. That's so funny. You had never heard of it. And when when was this? This was February. No, excuse me. Yeah, this was February of 2019. Okay. And I look back now and I wonder, how could that even be? I don't know how I did not know about IF. Um, like I said, I, I completely missed it somehow. So I dismissed it a little bit when she talked about it. And I said, that, that doesn't sound very healthy. It sounded wacky. <laughs> I just thought... You know, you go to the doctor and they tell you, you got to eat like five to six times a day so that your metabolism stays up and your sugar doesn't go low. I was so scared about the sugar going low for some reason. I thought, I don't want that to happen. So I kind of dismissed it. But she said, please read it. I've got it with me. So during lunch, that's what I did. I read Delay, Don't Deny on February 3rd. And I read it in between patients. And that night I closed my window and I had my first fast until February the 4th at noon. So it was a 16-8. And I remember I wasn't very hungry yet, but I was so excited about this new thing. And I felt like I couldn't believe I had gotten there so easily. Right. So I did that. So that's how I found out about IF and Delay Don't Deny. That's great. So just you were like, all right, this is nuts, but thank you. I will read the book. You read it. And then you were like, oh, okay, I'm going to do it. It had so much science there. Right. You mentioned Dr. Fung. So right away in between patients as well, after I read the book, I went ahead and looked up some videos. And I mean, it was amazing. I can't believe I missed it. I know. Well, you know, um, and you you know so much about it now because you are a learner. This is something I know about you, Roxy. You're a voracious learner. And when you get interested in something, you learn everything there is to know about it. Yes, I really do. <laughs> You really do. So you were watching the what? What about the Doctor Fung videos? Really appealed to you? Those you have to think back to the early ones because now I know you've probably watched a bazillion videos. But what was it? The ones that stick out the most in my mind, I really believe, is that he the ones that he um, based the obesity code and diabetes code on was the etiology of obesity, and it's a six right. part YouTube video. And his passion, I think, his passion and thinking outside of the box. And not buying into what was being sold. Um, I think that it was so different from anything I had heard, but it made so much sense. And he just had a lot of studies to back it up, as did you. So I feel like it ha- it held a lot of weight. Right. And I think that you're right. You know, even when I was an intermittent faster early on, before the obesity code, before I had ever read anything that Jason Fung had put out there, I was still in the whole, you know, calories in, calories out mindset. I thought early in my journey, because all the books and materials I had read 
all implied that intermittent fasting was just a way to eat fewer calories. And it wasn't until I remember going down the fung rabbit hole myself. Mine was blog posts. I started reading his blog posts, and they were all jumbled up and all, you know, it was a long time ago before his newer website where everything's a little more organized. But it was probably the end of 2015. I was already at my goal weight, but still struggling because I wasn't fasting clean. And I just remember going from one blog post to the next and just being like a kid, like in Wonderland, like, what? Why have I not? I'd never heard anyone talk about insulin and weight and all of that. And I had grown up my whole life always hearing about insulin and always hearing about blood glucose because we have such a high prevalence of diabetes in my area. It had never been linked to obesity or when you eat. So, I mean, it was just mind-blowing. Yeah, because, you know, we hear of insulin, but if that's like, oh, that's what you take once you're diabetic. Yes. Or if you're diabetic, you have to take insulin. You don't think about what's going on in our bodies right. all the time with insulin and the whole idea of hyperinsulinemia and having too much insulin all the time. And I'm like, this is just a whole new way to think about it. You know, not everybody's fully there yet in the in the, in the the world. Some people are still stuck in that calories in, calories out mindset. But it just, it really just changed everything. So, you know, Jason Fung really... I owe him so much for for bringing that to me. Well, and we owe both of y'all so much too. Because one of the best things about Delay Don't Deny is that you were able to take Jason Fung's work or and also your own research, uh, Bert Herring's. And, you know, there was so much research back then. You were able to create a very unique writing style that I think connects to a lot of people. Because a lot of people don't want to know the ins and outs about it. You know, they don't want to know very particulars about the science part. So I think it's a very special gift to turn all of that science information into something that's digestible. Well, thank you. And does not break the fast. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's me being a teacher. That's that's my gift as far as like being able to teach things. I love to teach things to people. And so... That's really what I tried to do in Delay, Don't Deny. And I, you know, I love Fast, Feast, Repeat, my new book, but I will always love Delay, Don't Deny. I say the same things in the group. Somebody will ask daily on Ask a Moderator, which book would you get? I love Fast, Feast, Repeat. It's super comprehensive. I've got it next to me all the time. I have it today right now. But Delay, Don't Deny changed my life. So that'll always have a very special place in my heart. Aww. So it's hard for me to tell people what to choose. Yeah. I, I think there's you can get some different tidbits out of Delay, Don't Deny. Like if you only read Fast, Feast, Repeat, that's that's everything. But I think there's a little bit more, in, you know, a few things here and there that are in Delay, Don't Deny that are not in Fast, Feast, Repeat. For sure. Yeah. Yes. So read them both if you want to, people. I wouldn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Although... You're familiar with, of course, that I'm not drinking wine with dinner anymore. So people will read Delight on Deny. When I wrote it in 2016, I was having Prosecco every day. And (laughs) and I can't get away from that because now I am not having Prosecco every day. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's going to happen to me when I'm not doing ADF anymore either. I think, you know, everybody's got their little what they're known for. It's true. It's true. So let, let's talk about that, um, okay. your progression, because you you started off, you said you were doing 16-8. Tell us how that went. We'll get to, to ADF and, and how you how you progressed to that. But talk about your early days. So when I read AD, uh, when I read DDD, Delay Don't Deny, that day I started the fast and I went 16-8. And I realized 
how easy it was for me. I was, for some reason, I failed at every other weight loss attempt in my life. Caloric restriction, Weight Watchers, HCG. I've never been good at it. Jenny Craig, I'd go pick up the food. And by the time I knew it, it was all in the trash because- Because it's not good food. No, it was not good food. <laughs> I tried oh, that one. It was not. So very quickly from 16-8, I did that maybe two days. And then I went to 24. It just really fit my lifestyle. I was always very busy at work. I was never a natural breakfast eater. I don't like breakfast. I can't say I get up and I'm hungry. So by the next week, I was 22-2. And that was my jam. I love 22-2. I'm a clean faster. I don't drink coffee. And tea makes me very nauseous on an empty stomach, black and green. I do enjoy them like a cold brew, but it's usually in my eating window. So all I do is drink water. So I would drink water all day, get home from work, make dinner. And I just ate dinner and always a dessert. So I didn't ever have an opening snack. Um, That's how my 22-2 worked. And I did that for 14 months. And how did that go? I know a lot about that already because I've, I've, I've followed your journey, but tell the listeners how that went. I loved it. And I just feel like my body was at a point, maybe I wasn't at natural faster, but I think my body was at a point where it wanted to repair and heal and it knew what it wanted. So I think it was giving me a chance to, so I, I lost a little bit of weight. I lost um, 20 pounds in that time. And I feel like, you know, anybody would look at that and think, oh my goodness, 14 months, 20 pounds, that's, you know, that's not very quick weight loss. But so many good things were happening in that time. And the only reason why I know is because I had before markers and after markers. Tell us about those. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people don't have that because when you start off with IF, you're just kind of, you start with for the, the weight loss part of it. But luckily in January of that year, 2019, I had gone to my physician and they had taken the usual blood um, samples and um, my fasting glucose, uh, glucose was very high at that point. And so was my A1C. Um, and then I kept telling her, I've got this pain under my rib. And she said, well, let's send you um, for an ultrasound. So the ultrasound showed a uh, fatty liver. It wasn't advanced, but it had started. And she said that it had been, you know, um, progressing. So she wanted to put me on medication and I told her, okay, just give me a second. Let me wrap my head around this. Let me see what I can do. So, I mean, that's when I started looking for the next weight loss thing. What am I going to do? Because it's not working. And one month later is when my friend told me about delay, don't deny. So it was a real, real godsend. So I started delay, don't deny. And in 10 months time with my small weight loss, I was able to reverse the fatty liver and that was via ultrasound. So you can't fake that. No, you can't. There was no sign of an of a fatty liver, uh, according to my doctor. And my pre-diabetic numbers reversed as well. So I went from a fasting glucose of 127 in January to a few months later, it was 117. And now most recently, when I uh, had my most recent fasting glucose, it was an 88. 
Wow. Yeah, so it's amazing. My A1C used to be a 6.1, and that's pre-diabetic. And my new A1C recently is a 4.7. So now I'm in the fours. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. You can host the best backyard barbecue when you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. So see, that's, I really just want to highlight that for a minute, you know, because just this morning, one of the moderators shared a, a post in the Delay Not Deny Facebook group about, you know, her success and, and all of that. And one of the members said, you know, I've been doing intermittent fasting, maybe 90 days, three months, something like that. And I'm just not having any results. It's just not working. Are there some people that it just, you know, doesn't work for? And I mean, we don't know how much, you know, she may have lost Maybe she's losing a pound a month. I don't know. Kind of like you were losing a pound a month, right? right? That's correct. I was, and if I, you were, I think my average weight loss right now. Sorry, Jen, to interrupt you, but I think okay. my average weight loss. That way, people do know. You know, some people drop weight quickly, and good for them. Their body is a, at a different place than mine was, and just like you said, in delay, don't deny. You don't know what fasting history, um, what uh, diet history they have, what kind of medical history you have. You don't know what needs to be healed inside. So mm-hmm. I just feel like you never, you never know. So I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. But, but you, you, um, 
you could have said the same thing. You could have made a post and said, I've been doing intermittent fasting now for, you know, what was that, 14 months and I've only lost 20 pounds and it's not working. It's not working. Are there some people it doesn't work for? But in the meantime, you reversed a fatty liver. It is gone. No more fatty liver. Your A1C Mm -hmm. is now normal instead of pre-diabetic, your blood glucose is normal. So was intermittent fasting working the whole time? Yes. It was. And that that's what, it, it makes me so sad. I mean, look, I get it though. When I started intermittent fasting, it was for the weight loss. I just looked at that scale. And if I had not lost weight, would I have, you know, I didn't understand the health benefits at all. But now we do. Now we do. And I think, you know, The more you immerse yourself in the groups, the more that you learn, everybody has their own journey Mm -hmm. and yours will not look like somebody else's. That's very true. You know, really back when I started 2014, no one was talking about the health benefits at all. It was, I mean, really, I'm not, you know, the obesity code hadn't come out. They hadn't had the Nobel Prize um, in medicine with autophagy. No one was talking about the health benefits at all. It was just, here's a way to lose weight. It was like a weight loss hack. Yes. It's really kind of how we looked at it. This lets you eat fewer calories in a period of time, and it feels okay, and you can do it. And so I didn't understand it. But now with what we know, I mean, I I think most adults should do some sort of intermittent fasting. I totally agree. And I believe in the science 100%. And I feel like mindset is also key in believing in the science because if you believe that it's not going to work for you then it's not your body will fight you tooth and nail for that not to work for you but if you know it's going to work for you it will it i will. really believe that mindset is so important i think that that's very true and you know i had that chapter in fast feast repeat about mindset and i i think we just can't discount that and also understanding that your journey like you said a minute ago your journey is not going to look like everybody else's you know we compare ourselves to people you know even sometimes people will compare themselves to me and my body size the way i am now and that my body naturally has gravitated to the size that it is but i haven't had to force it and so people might say well your body you know got to that size why won't mine well you're different than me my feet are not the same size as yours either or maybe <laughs> our feet might be the same size what size are your feet roxy i bet they're little i used to be a nine forever and i think with the inflammation now i'm an eight okay your feet are bigger than mine <laughs> i just pictured little roxy with her little feet how tall are you i've always had little big feet okay uh, i'm only five four okay you're you're an inch shorter than me but all right big feet <laughs> I'm seven and a half. My feet are seven and a half, which is what they were in high school. But when I was obese, my feet got bigger. I was buying eight, eight and a half. I mean, too, but I think it was all the swelling. Yep. I think so, too. But now I'm back in my seven, seven and a half. Sometimes a seven, if I (laughs) put it on the shoe. (laughs) What was your highest weight that you got to? Do you mind sharing that? Oh, no, I don't mind sharing that at all. So, you know, I try to think back on my weight history especially for the interview today. And because I don't stop to think about it very often because I think like everybody, it's kind of hard to revisit the past. So, but I did, I I sat down and I thought about it. And during my childhood, no problems, no uh, weight problems. Then in junior high and high school, I played basketball and I even played basketball in college. Then my sophomore year of college, I got pregnant with Autumn 
and I was 19 going on 20. So I was a very young mom. And that's kind of like when life kicks in and you're in survival mode. Right. Because I was in college. I had a part-time job and I was raising Autumn. So by the time I finished my bachelor's and then I had to get a master's, my weight had really crept on. So I think my highest weight was like 214 pounds, but I could always get my, my weight back to the 190s by exercising like a mad woman. So I was always exercising. And in 2010, I decided to start training for a marathon So I've completed two marathons in my life. Oh, wow. I did not know that about you, Roxy. (laughs) I love learning new things. Two marathons. Wow. Yeah, and those were both in 2011, and that coincided with me meeting Sunday. So we started dating, and we created a blended family. So then, you know, life happens, and you get really comfortable. So the days of the marathon kind of faded away. We did do one triathlon together in 2015. So my weight would fluctuate anywhere between 195 and 210. And it just, I would fight it tooth and nail for it to come down. And I had to do a huge amount of exercise for that to happen. I was swimming, biking, running, lifting weights, and I was exhausted. And that's why I said, I think my body was just ready to rest. I think you're probably right. Now, have you had your DNA analyzed? Have you done any I of haven't, that? no. Because it sounds I'm like... I'm the one with the conspiracy theory. Oh, that's and- right. You don't want anybody to know. You could give him a fake name. I don't know. <laughs> give him a fake name. Anyway, I just, I wondered, you know, because I write about this in Fast Feast Repeat, that some of us have bodies that respond better to exercise for weight loss than others. I'm one of the people my DNA analysis suggests that I don't, and which is... Every time I ever successfully lost weight, there was never, like, I can't ever say it was because I was exercising, but my DNA um, hints that that might be true. But you, I would bet, are somebody who would get the opposite result. And that's the only way I could lose weight. I tried, you know, macro counting and calorie counting and Weight Watchers points and nothing really worked. The second I started exercising, that weight would just move. So it's funny when I started IF, I didn't do anything for 11 weeks, maybe 12 weeks. My transition was very difficult. I feel like because my body, I don't eat, I didn't eat good things that were very good for me. I eat a very heavily processed diet. And that's something that I still work on to this day, very honestly. And I feel like my transition, you know, we always say in the groups, oh, the transition is about three to eight weeks. I'm trying to make people feel hopeful. But for me, it was not. It was And I was dragging and I was tired and I was cranky. But the minute that 12 weeks was over, it was just like, I've never been the same. I have more energy now than I did even when I was in college, keeping up with autumn and school. The energy that you get is amazing. And people say, when does it happen? You'll know when it happens. Yeah. You know, I bet this is my hunch. Obviously, we don't know. But I would bet you that that was your your body dealing with the fatty liver. You think you know? so, yeah. Like you're, you were not fully adjusted. You know, our liver is where, um, you know, the ketones are made. It's our ketone factory. But your body was so busy dealing with the fatty liver that you didn't feel 
great. And then probably right after that, you're like, all right, we've dealt with the fatty liver. Now we can have some ketosis. And that's what I (laughs) want to tell people. Like maybe you're dealing with a fatty liver and maybe that's why it's taking so long to get over that hump. You see people who are feeling great after two weeks. Yes, I feel great. Well, not everybody feels great after two or three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. But I'm glad that you stuck with it. I stuck with it. Like I said, I immersed myself myself in your groups. I came back to Facebook after eight years. I hadn't been on Facebook in eight years before that. So it just really kept me going. That's my other thing is if you if you immerse yourself in the groups, if you surround yourself by the science, it's just amazing what can you can do. So I wasn't losing all the weight. My weight loss is point zero point three four pounds a week. So less than two pounds a month, really, or one pound a month. I don't even know what it is now. But it wasn't anything fast, and that's okay. I had lots of healing to do. Yeah, I, I think that's key. Um, but the, the the goal is to know what your overall trend is doing, and your trend has been slowly heading down. How about your clothing sizes? How have you changed there? Oh, yeah, I've changed big time. So I was pushing a 20, usually. Um, I think I could have gotten into a 22, but you know how you don't want to go there. So oh, yeah, <laughs> I think it's, I think they even have like 20 W. So I was doing the 20 W Yeah. and um, now the other day I wore a size 10. I think I can almost get into a size oh, eight. That's but, awesome. Um, I haven't done that just yet. So about a 10, uh, medium tops where it used to be extra and two X. I mean, it's just been transforming. And that's because I haven't lost a lot of weight. I can't say. So then I lost the 20 pounds after the 14 months. And I said, okay, now it was kind of for vanity reasons. And I wanted to, you know, I mean, you're a girl in the end and you still want to drop a couple sizes and feel confident and feel good. So oh yeah, I read your book, Fast Beast Repeat. You were so nice to give us an advanced copy. So I read through that in a couple of days. This one did take me a little bit longer than Delay, Don't Deny. It was a it was a heavier book. Oh yeah, there's a lot more in there. Yes. And it was it was and I like to take notes and things. So it took me a little bit to get through it. But that up down day chapter just really spoke to me and the toolbox. So chapter seven and eight just really spoke to me. And I said, This is what I'm gonna do. And so I switched in May, that's when I started the one longer fast a week. So what you're just you just decided to start with one longer fast a week, and yours was Monday, right? Did you start with that's Monday right. from the beginning? Yes. And those are Roxy's famous mealless Mondays <laughs> that she leads in the Delay Don't Deny group, and you lead it in the advanced group as well. That's correct. All right. So, um, what do you do the other days? Explain explain how that works for you. So the reason why I went to one day longer day is because month six of my journey and month 10 of my journey, I had decided to try four, three total crush and burn. It was, I did terribly. So I did it for two weeks each time and I gained six pounds each time. But because that was totally on me, I was one of the ones who had misinterpreted delay don't deny as um, you can eat anything you want to. Whenever you want to, well, like you never the, said like that I, in the book. I want to say I, I really, you never said that. I didn't say it. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in in fast feast repeat, I made sure to emphasize 
eat whatever you want. Eat whatever you want yes. does not mean eat whatever you want. I, I right? know I was eating whatever I wanted all yeah. the time. So right. I would just delay. So the same thing happened with ADF. So my down day, I would fast clean. Up day, I was overeating. I right. struggled with overeating for 12 months at least. I would override my satiety skills. I mean, my satiety signals. They showed up about month 10, I remember. And I was just not listening to them. So when I tried ADF the first time, the four, three, I was overeating and I gained six pounds because you still can, you can still overeat. Right. And that's what I was doing. So then, um, I came back to it. I went back to OMAD 22, two, and my eating got so much better, Jen. And it just is amazing how that just happens naturally. Right. You mean by by got better? You mean like the the choices, the foods that you're gravitating to? Yeah, my choices because I do. Like I said, I have. I think because I, you know, I try to think back when it started, but I got divorced when she was seven. We didn't have a lot of money, and I feel like overly processed foods and quick foods were so easy. And I know I don't have to tell you that because you say that all the time. That happened with y'all too, right? And we would cook things at home. But they weren't the healthiest either. So, you know, anything that was cheap, fast, and processed, that's basically what we're eating. And I feel like I never moved from that stage in my life. That was me. You know, even even with my boys, um, like when I was a little girl, I ate a lot of SpaghettiOs. <laughs> my mom would open a can because she was eating whatever. I didn't want to eat that. She would say, here's your can of SpaghettiOs. And I would eat that. Like yeah. the ones with the little hot dogs in there oh, and the yeah. ones with the meatballs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with my boys, I can remember, I thought I was doing such a good job, Roxy, because I would buy them Numenos, <laughs> you know, Paul Newman organic yes. version of SpaghettiOs. But I mean, they were still, they're SpaghettiOs, they're just <laughs> <laughs> organic ones, right? So uh, looking back, but but I would buy them, you know, instead of Kraft macaroni and cheese, I would buy Annie's organic. Right. Mac and cheese, yes. you know, maybe it didn't have the chemical issues, but it still had, it still was just as processed. That's right. And it's non-nutritive food, you know, right. you don't have a lot of nutrients in it. And that's what I realize now looking back. And that's why it is kind of hard to look back at a weight history or weight journey and also about a food journey, because now in hindsight, you would do so many things differently. But you can't control that right now. So now my choices are so much better as far as content. But um, there is a lot of um, marketing and things down here for fast food restaurants or fast food chains. And then we have the cultural aspect down here. Lots of Mexican food. You know, so tortillas, enchiladas, chalupas, you name it, we've got it every day starting at breakfast. So that is your your culture. You're Hispanic. That's correct. Is, is your family, your family's origin is Mexico? Our family's origin is from Spain. Spain, okay. We founded a few cities in, in Texas. Okay. So you were Spain, then Mexico, then Texas, or That's just Spain correct. to Texas? No, we were Spain, Mexico to Texas, because Mexico at that time... Was a Spanish colony? Yes. Yeah. So it's definitely a mix And we have a mix of cultures, and it's beautiful. But I am sixth-generation American, so I didn't learn how to speak Spanish until I was 26. My mom doesn't speak it very often, neither did my grandparents. But the food has always had a presence in our life. 
So when we were younger, we, you know, we didn't have SpaghettiOs, but we had something that was, you know, close to a coffee deo. And it's the same thing. It's noodles in a tomato sauce. And um, that's what we ate. Mm -hmm. And we ate it with a tortilla. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so you, so, you, you took your spaghetti and put it in a yes, tortilla. That's now, right. I have had spaghetti sandwiches. You see, well, it's the same thing, carb on carb. You let it let it get cold. If you have cold spaghetti, yes. especially if it's cold spaghetti with meat sauce, put it in. I mean, I haven't probably, I don't know when I've had a cold spaghetti That's sandwich. That's exactly but. what we used to do. Exactly. We'd get the, delicious. The fideo would be cold and you would put it in the tortilla and you would, it was the most delicious thing. And, you know... That's what all the kids are eating right now. And that's what all the adults are eating right now. So that's why I'm so passionate about IF. So I moved away from those things recently. So if you ask me, would you like to go, you know, to XYZ? No, I'll just make something here at home. Mm -hmm. So we've been getting the HelloFresh um, deliveries. Hello I love, me too. I love it. So that's kind of what we've been doing. And when I go to a restaurant, I don't want the things that I used to have. And that's okay. You know, I eat what makes me feel happy, what makes me feel good. Some of those things weigh me down now, and I don't want to feel like that. It's true. You know, just trying to decide where to go eat is so tricky now. You know, my um, my HelloFresh box was delayed. <laughs> you know how that happens? Then you don't have it. Like, it didn't come. It came one day late. And we had to figure out what to do on the fly. It's so yes. I'm like, we're just going to have to go. And my dishwasher's <laughs> broken. So it was like the one, two. I'm like, I don't want to cook. It's 6 p.m. I have no food. My box didn't come. And the dishwasher's broken. So, But we're naming restaurants. I'm like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. You know and where we went? it would have been so easy. We went and had Mexican food. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have a really good Mexican restaurant that I love. And, um, and what do it, you eat there? We get, it depends, um, but we got fajitas. We get chicken fajitas. We get like an order of chicken fajitas for one person, and then we share it. And I make mine with, I love refried beans. Like, I love them. I get extra refried beans. And so I make mine vegetarian, not because, I, I mean, I, I, chicken is one of those things. I'm less and less with chicken these days. But I, he, Chad eats all the chicken, and I just put my tortilla. We get extra tortillas. I put the beans. I put all the veggies. I don't know, around here. Our um, Mexican restaurants put um, some of them, not just the peppers and onions, but also like zucchini and mushrooms and squash. Would that be? I would love that. Or no, does that, that sound is, crazy? Is that just like a Georgia version? It, it probably is. It's not a traditional version. But, you know, back when my grandparents um, were younger, we farmed everything. So, you know, you stir fried and you sauteed and you put into food so many fresh fruits and vegetables we have really, as a culture, gotten away from that, and it's sad yeah. to see that. But yeah, that sounds with delicious. guacamole. So that's Yum. what I, that's what I like to have at a Mexican restaurant. So we have the chips and the salsa, yes, <laughs> and then then I we we share the fajitas, and I put my beans and my vegetables, and it just I feel so good when I'm done eating it. That it, sounds you know, delicious. It, it makes me happy. I will go eat Mexican food with one day. I want to eat it with you. All right, that sounds good. You're on. You can take me somewhere. I'll, I'll come visit you in Texas. Like I'm not kidding. <laughs> that sounds good. If not, I can go to Georgia, and you can take me to your wonderful Mexican restaurant. I'll speak to all your waiters and everybody. Well, you know, it's good when you look around and the people that are eating there, a, a lot of the Hispanic people in town choose to eat at this Mexican restaurant, which is a good sign to me because it makes it seem, you know, I like the ones that are, deli I want it to be delicious. <laughs> I want it to be delicious now, too. And before it would have been so easy for me to say, oh, let me just go wherever. But that's it's not easy anymore. Now I've got to think about things. And now I'd rather eat at home. Me too. <laughs>
food snobbery is real and yes. it's 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 a good thing. That's right. <laughs> so um, you know, both of us are are using our shape of scales. I love it. I cannot say enough good things about it. It's because I'm not a weigher. So on top of being terrible at dieting, I'm terrible at weighing because I'm always in denial about weight. So that Shapa is a lifesaver. Thank you so much. I don't even know if I've talked about it on this podcast at all. I can't remember. I know I've talked about it on the Intermittent I Fasting he- Podcast. I, don't think, I haven't heard it. Well, I might have talked about it on some that haven't come out yet because I'm recording this in, ahead of time. So I'm, I can't remember if I have. But for people who don't know, if you go to jenstevens.com, I have a favorite things tab and I tell all about the Shapa scale there. And then um, also, if you go to myshapa.com, that's their website. And there's a promo code IF stories that you can use to save. Um, there's like a special deal for podcast listeners. But you know, y'all know, Roxy knows, everybody knows I threw my scale away. I always have to calculate when that was in 2017. I threw my scale away in 2017. And I have not gotten on a scale to see my weight since 2017. I don't know what I weigh. I still don't. But I got the shape of scale because it's a numberless scale. And you get on it. And after a 10 day calibration period, it just shows you a color every morning. How's your color going? My color is going great. So after the 10-day calibration scale, and you can see a number in case people if you want, do, right? I do not want. <laughs> I do not want I'm going to tell either. you, though, I'm going to tell you that I see that there's a place when you go in and look at your progress, you can click on, like, it says, like, see your weight. Yeah, don't and do that. Don't just, push it. I just, I'm like, uh, I'm like, no, no. I'm the same you way. You know what? If I touched it and it said something I didn't like, I'd be mad. So I'm like, no, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it either. So the green... The the calibration period was over and I went to green for a couple days and now I'm teal, which is really exciting because I just feel like, you know, I've been doing this for a while and my body is seeming to like and it's starting to drop weight on its own. Right. So just to circle back to the meal list Monday really quickly, sorry. Um, Real quick, can I just say green for people who don't know, green means you're maintaining, teal means you're losing slowly. And blue so. means you're you're losing really quickly. Yeah. I actually saw blue for a few days. You know, I, I got my shape at the same time that I was, um, that I did my experiment with no drinking. Like I went an entire month, no, like 30 days, I didn't drink at all. So during that 30 days of, after giving up wine, I actually saw blue for wow. five, five or six days in a row. And then that went back to green. And then I've been teal and, you know, a mix of that. But giving up the alcohol, has really made the difference for my body. I don't know if I want to see blue because that may may make me want to pu- uh, push that button that I don't want to see. Oh, don't don't push the button. Don't push the button. <laughs> but you know, I went. To, I just went to the beach with my friend Sherry that we know from the podcast, also from the Life Lessons podcast yes, that's right. coming Fabulous in December. New the, Life Lessons. Podcast. I'm so excited. By the time your episode comes out, that will, it'll be the the. It will have just premiered last week, so I'm excited about that. But Sherry and I went to the beach. We ate out every day. We were going to cook, but we didn't. We decided to eat out instead. And I came back, and, you know, after a vacation, I normally would not have gotten on the scale if I had a scale. But I'm like, you know what? It's my shape, but I don't care. So I got right on that scale, and there was the teal. Wow, good for you. Not, but I didn't drink at the beach. I didn't drink alcohol. So even though I ate out, I didn't have the vacation weight gain that I had always had before because I wasn't drinking. Right. So that made a huge difference. All right, so let's circle back to Mealless Monday. Yeah, so Mealless Monday. So after I had the crush and burn for my longer fasts, I went back to OMAD and I decided I need to get my appetite and 
my appetite correction in check right now. So that's what I did. And then after 14 months, after I read Fast Feast Repeat, I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start with one longer fast. That way it's manageable. I don't want it to be overwhelming. I don't want to think, oh my gosh, I have to do three of these this week. I just want to do it at my own pace. So it was something that was very relaxed. I went into with a good mindset and I said, well, let me just involve everybody in the group. Let's see who else wants to do meal this Monday. <laughs> so I created the meal. You were very kind to let me create the mealless Monday post. And like I said, I wanted to include all of the moderators and any member who wanted to do it because I wanted to make it so much less intimidating than it can be. Right. So I thought one day is perfect. So I did that. I did Mealist Monday on the first Monday that after I read Fast Feast Repeat. So that would have put me like at the end of April or first week of May. And then by the next week, I did 5-2. Then by the next week, I did 4-3. And the days just kept creeping up. And by the time I knew it, in July and August, I was doing alternate day fasting. So every other day. So you really, you really morphed into the ADF, but you you eased in. And see, that's what I think is so good. A lot of people don't realize that. And and people say that reading Fast Feast Repeat helped them understand. People said, I didn't know you could combine methods. I'm like, what? Of course you can. But they just hadn't thought of it. They hadn't thought of it. And I hadn't either. Right. So that was just when I read that, I said, oh, this can be fun and yeah. this can be I don't have to do this every other day or I don't have to. So then when I started it, those days, they just came naturally. I love eating one day, the ease of eating one day and not eating the next day. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it gives my body, I really try to focus on the positive things about it. It gives my body so much time to heal. I'm very blessed to be able to choose to fast and to choose to let my body heal. So it's just something that's been amazing. So that's what I do. I do alternate day fasting. But to be honest with you, after we did the PREDICT study, mm -hmm. it was kind of hard to get back to ADF. Because, oh, yeah. Because I was testing the CGM. Right. Continuous glucose monitor. That's correct. So I was testing that and I was starting into the two meals a day because I, I wanted to test every food that I possibly could. Jasmine rice. You know I'm obsessed with jasmine rice. I wanted and to what did you find out about the rice? Did it not work well for it your body? It didn't work well for me. How could I love it so much and it doesn't love me? It works me. great for me. <laughs> <laughs> the Darn rice it, worked really well. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mine does not. It took me four hours to recover from that. Wow. It was just something crazy. Yeah. So, but that time did allow me to see in real life time what foods are working for me and what are, what what's not working for me and some of those things were not working for me but it it took it took me back into a, a tmad two meals a day so it was a little bit hard to get back into adf but once i did it it was fine but now what i'm so excited about to tell you i haven't told you oh i'm excited now <laughs> what what i can't say that i have a real fasting schedule now not that i don't fast i fast every day but some days I fast 22 hours and some days I fast 45 hours or 40, but I can't seem to find a rhyme or reason to it, except now I've decided I'm just going to eat when I'm hungry. And that's the most amazing thing. Yes. That's been the most amazing thing. So if I'm hungry, I eat. And if I'm not, I just don't. 
So you're you're really just you're intuitively fasting and eating, but you're making sure to have an up day after a down day. I am huge about that. And I'm huge about it in the Mealist Mondays group too. I will I will get you if you are not having that up day after the down day, because it is super important for your metabolism. Your body has to know that it's safe to let go of that weight. If not, it'll hold on to it. You don't wake up and say today is going to be, you just wake up and you're like, okay, well, unless it's an up day, in which case, you know, it's going to be an up day, but you might fast for 22 on a day that, and then it might be. Yeah. So let's say, for example, on Monday, on Sunday, Sunday, for some reason, oh, another secret, my mealist Mondayers, I, my favorite fasting days is Sunday. It's a Sunday. <laughs> That's changed. You can still lead Mealless Monday and have fasted on Sunday. That's That's right. So for some reason, I love that Sunday fast. I'm here at home. I have nothing to do. And people say stay busy and I don't. I just love knowing that I'm just not going to eat today. And I make food for anybody else if they want food, but I don't eat. And then let's say on Monday, the the next day, I always have an update. I start my update about um, 10 in the morning, 11 in the morning. And then my last meal is maybe six or seven. I have no window that day. It is unrestricted. I don't say, oh, I have to close it up in six hours. I did that the first time, and I feel like that was one of the downfalls. Right. Trying to to squeeze it in. And, you know, the research on um, alternate daily fasting, they didn't have any kind of window. They just ate, quote, normally. They weren't trying to, you know, fast, and then they, they had – that was just a – unrestricted day that was an unrestricted day Mm -hmm. they didn't know that you know they had a window and that's how I treat it too so one day I wake up and I don't eat one day I wake up and I do eat the next day after my up day should be a down day some days I get through it just fine but if I feel like I'm hungry like for a meal because now I've increased my exercise a little bit I did start exercising a little bit more now so if I feel like I'm hungry I just eat an OMAD yeah. So you're not tied to it. You're not like, I am going to have these as my down days. You just are like, nope, nope, today's not going to be a down day after all. And I've made Today peace, I'm going to eat. And I've made peace. If I lose more weight, great. If I don't, that's okay too. And that's huge for me as well. It really, I mean, it's your lifestyle. You're not going to stop doing it. That's right. I do this now because of the health benefits. I know I've shared with y'all in the groups, uh, my parents are diabetic and I just didn't know that we had an option not to be. And now that right. I know, I'm not going to go back to that. So wow. that's really become the focus of this lifestyle. That's huge. Because you, you've talked before, you know, behind the scenes in the in the moderator chats that your community is, is not well in no, general. They are not well. We are the most obese city in the United States. According to fatwallet.com, they do this survey every year. And we've won first place every year, unfortunately. So it, it wow. really is the most obese city in the United States. That's right. Whew. I think um, the obesity rate was somewhere close to 30% in 2018. So I can't imagine what it's exploded to now. Um, I would say a third of our population is diabetic. And Jen, it's the most terrible thing because I'm in the medical community. So you see people who are on dialysis, who have had strokes, heart attacks. And so my goal is to reach as many people as I can in my community. Okay, it's time to commit. 
2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And, you know, Fast Feast Repeat is going to be coming out in Spanish at some point. <laughs> They're working wait, on that's it. That's so exciting. I know it is exciting. So I, I hope that it, it can find the audience that needs it. I hope so, too. And, you know, I'm always in the groups. I love everybody the same equally, but I'm always trolling the groups to see if there's any Hispanic people. And I try to speak to them in Spanish and I try to capture their attention. And because that's really what my passion is. Mm-hmm. Helping so, your community. Yes. I love that. Now, you and I have some of the fav- the same favorite scientists oh, yeah, we do. out there. We do. We have the same. <laughs> if there was ever an intermittent fasting conference, you and I would be there stalking the same people. Tell us about some of your favorite intermittent fasting scientists. So I think the favorite intermittent fasting scientist is Mark Matson. Love him. Dr. Mark Madsen. He's the one from Johns Hopkins. He wrote the New England Journal of Medicine article, and he emailed Roxy back. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I was so thrilled. I texted you that day. I PM'd you that day. And I was just so upset about an article that had come out. And I just, I knew it didn't hold any water. You knew it didn't hold any water. But I wanted to see what the godfather of fasting thought about this. He's been fasting 25 years or something like that, you know? Himself, yeah. See, and that's the part that's so, uh, you know, the scientists who study it do it. That's right. And that's telling. And what Roxy's talking about, uh, hopefully this will all be a distant memory, but it just came out like last week, this article that this study that they did with 16-8. And 16-8 did not give good weight loss over the 90-day period that they tried it. But I said that exact thing in Fast Feast Repeat months ago when the book came out. I actually wrote it over a year ago. But we know that 16-8 is not enough fasting for weight loss for a lot of people. And so they found that 16-8, sure enough, wasn't enough fasting for weight loss. And so the part that I'm not upset about that study. I'm upset about the headlines. And the conclusion was, whoop, time-restricted eating doesn't work. Right. 
No, no, that's not what the study said. The study showed that 16.8 may not be your weight loss window. Mm -hmm. But what, what did Mark Matson say to you about that? He said that there was two major flaws in the JAMA study, and they, they were that they didn't determine cal um, the calorie intake or diet composition, and that they didn't track exercise levels. He's a runner. He's always been a runner. Ask me anything about him. I know <laughs> I love it. I didn't know he was a runner. <laughs> he is a runner. <laughs> he's and a he's, runner and he eats pretty much one meal a day, right? He's the evening eating window. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of great scientists and there's a lot of great doctors who are doing things for the community and trying to get intermittent fasting out there, you know. So if you um, Google his name, Mark Matson, he is interviewed by a lot of other scientists or engineers who are you know, who are big proponents of fasting as well. So I really encourage everybody to do that. And I found an IF doctor in McAllen too. So that's been fun also. That is exciting. What's that doctor's name? Yeah, his name is Dr. Christian Assad. And he is a, cardiologist. a cardiologist. That's yeah. right. He's a cardiologist. And he is a big proponent. He is a faster himself. And he is an O-matter also. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think that, you know, that's, that's, you know, don't listen to the studies that, I mean, not, not the studies, that, that was the wrong thing to say. Don't listen to the headlines spinning the studies. Mm -hmm. Definitely listen to the studies, but don't listen to the headlines because they just like will change with the wind. You know, just in, I guess, July, Dr. Krista Verde came out with some studies showing that a four hour to six hour eating window was effective for weight loss. You saw that was all over the news. And then this one comes out, oh, sorry, wrong. It's not effective for weight loss. I mean, the headlines are what's crazy. Yes, I agree. And you kind of have to, that's why I always say in the in the groups, you have to kind of take things with a grain of salt and you have right. to do your own investigation and your own learning about what's going on. So, you know, just don't take it for its word. And and read read the study. Don't read the news article right. that says, oh, look, it shows it doesn't work. I mean, tell that to my body. I lost over 80 pounds. I know. Sorry, body. I don't know what you did, but it, it doesn't work. Yes. Oh, and to let everybody know, after the ADF, I had only lost 20 only on in the 14 months. So when I did ADF, I did lose, some people want to, want to know, that I did lose an additional 12 pounds. So Yay. for my body to release 12 more pounds that it took forever to release the 20 was a big deal. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So I think that, you know, I think that there's some people who would do really well with ADF and you hit all of those points in fast feast repeat. And I know we even have a little blurb that we use um, who would benefit from ADF. So there's a lot of people who would benefit from that. And a lot of people are scared of it. Yes. Because it sounds, you know, so extreme, but it really isn't. And, you know, we've got the 500 calorie down day option. That's all explained in Fast Feast Repeat. Some people feel like that's not good enough. But really, I don't think I talked about this in Fast Feast Repeat, but the research on um, alternate daily fasting that Krista Verity has done, of course, they're not fast and clean in her research, which is one more factor. It's a confounding variable. But the people who had the 500 calorie down day actually lost more weight than the people who did the full fast. That's I mean, correct. of course, all the groups were not fasting clean. They were allowed to have, you know, diet sodas, things that we would not have with the clean fast, but they were just not taking in any any calories. That's but there's correct. more, of course, we know there's more to it than just calories, but they actually lost more weight with the 500 calorie down days than they did with without having the 500 calories. So the people who are like, yeah, but that's not real, that's not really 
it is. It's it's research backed. You can do that. And one thing though, Roxy, that people are so confused about, they think that they're like, well, I don't understand. If I'm supposed to fast clean, how can I have a 500 calorie meal? Doesn't that break the fast? Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. I know. If you have a 500 calorie down day, you did not have a 36 hour fast. But it's, you know, <laughs> I believe that with my whole heart. And I'm the first one to say that. And then I could call the fasting police. But it's not a, I mean, it's, it's, it's a down day. It's, it's words are important, you know. I agree. And that's why I tell them it's, it's a clean fast before, it's a clean fast after, but it was not a 36 to 42 hour fast. And that's okay because the research behind it, it's there. You know, the article flipping the metabolic switch has a, I think it has eight to 12 studies on it. And most of them are ADMF, which is the alternate day modified fasting, the 500, the 500 calorie down day. So and it yes. is a well-researched protocol. And it's not a big deal if you're fasting 22 hours plus 19 or 24 right. plus 17. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But people just want to think, oh, I fasted for 36. And you got to get out of it's it's not. We're not the fasting Olympics. Right? Yes. heard me say that. That's it's not right. like whoever can have the biggest number is the winner. It's okay to fast for nineteen, eat a meal, then fast for fourteen, and then have your up day. That's, that's okay. And sometimes, and that's kind of the pattern I've fallen into because I never used to do the five hundred calories. I would always fast through because I'm like you. That five hundred calories is not going to satiate me, yeah, and I'm going to be, be starving. starving. That is, right. that's not going to work for this Hispanic chick. So, the five hundred calories I never did. So now, what I've noticed is, if I don't have a full OMAD and I think it's approximately five hundred calories, that next day will always be an up day. Yeah, that's good. Even if I think it's even a little bit more, it doesn't matter. And when people ask me, is it okay if you go over a little bit over the 500 on, you know, in the, in the groups, and I always let them know to stick to 500 as close as they can, Mm -hmm. that's important because that was part of the study. So, you know, just to kind of stay close to that, but your fast is broken and I hate to be the fasting police, but it is. (laughs) Well, I mean, it is, but people somehow think that the down day, they're like, I don't understand. How are you eating? Well, well, no, you're, you are breaking the fast to have that meal. So um, we are almost out of time. I knew we could probably talk for two hours. We could. We could just keep going. But um, I like to stop by asking, what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew when you first started? And we only have like one minute. I would say don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone. And don't be afraid to be uncomfortable. You may get a headache in the beginning. You may sleep less. You may get fatigued. You may get muscle cramps. But that's you may okay. have diarrhea. <laughs> you might have constipation. You might have some other crazy symptoms. But do not be afraid of any of that. Embrace it. Because where has comfort gotten us up to this point in our life? Comfort got me a fatty liver. And it was going to make me diabetic. So... Just, it's okay not to be comfortable. I love that. That's really, you know, that's true. I I hadn't thought of that, but we, you know, all the time prior to fasting, it was that comfort eating, the comfort beverages. You're exactly right. Embrace that it might be uncomfortable. And and it probably will. And it's okay. (laughs) Well, Roxy, it has been fabulous to talk to you. I know that listeners, you know, in the Facebook groups, they know you already. And the people who are not in the Facebook groups, now they do. They know you as well. 
I'm very And sorry. I know thank you better you so than I did. Much. Yes, and thank you so much for letting me share my story. And I hope that it reaches my community and others as well. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.